I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad, is sad clown. Clown. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is The Gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in The Gloom. back uh this one we've been waiting for uh trying to get this guy get our schedules to line up and uh really excited to get this guy's story out uh you you would recognize him uh as the the guy who helped to launch uh, mission forge also a guy who's helped to really spearhead a lot of second and, and third f events over the last few years uh just has a lot of great ideas and and i would say specializes in uh, in execution so things like the pre-run challenge uh murph challenge uh, project pinks um i mean the list goes on and on and and so we've got escobar on man and um just great to see you uh excited to to hear your story and get it out to the packs but why don't you tell us uh kind of how it all started who eh'd you what was the first workout like and how'd you get the name escobar yeah guys uh i'll i'll say first uh thanks for having me on it's a uh privilege to to be on this it's a privilege to be a former side queue and you know I, I was humbled by that opportunity and and humbled to maybe speak about my leadership style and why i continue to do this thing um i was eh'd by skids um a day after i believe he had been eh'd and so i'm, I'm like questioning like whether or not i give him full like credit for that <laughs> and so like there's this running joke that like um ear tag is like the godfather of mojo uh, because he okay. eh kids who eh me a day later, and then I eh like OT and like a thousand other people after that. And so, um, yeah, I try not to give Greg or Skids too much credit, but but uh, he did an awesome job. It, it didn't take much to convince me. I, he he was just raving about his first experience, and um, I had to just jump in and see what it was all about. I, I have a I have a disease called FOMO, and uh, I, I struggle with this affliction. Um, and so when I learned that he was having so much fun, I had to jump in. What was that first workout like? Uh, do you remember? Was it challenging? Do you remember who who was on the queue? And wh- I guess where was it at? So the first queue was over at the was at the farm, and uh, I, I just remember like the alarm going off at some ungodly hour, and waking up like, all right, what am I getting myself into? And maybe I should call in. Like, what's it going to be like? Uh, maybe I'll just tell him like, hey, maybe next time. And you know, you go through like the kind of series of like doubt and um, emotions and stuff, and I showed up, and to be quite honest, I'm, I'm trying to think of who cued it, but I cannot remember for the life of me. Um, but I know I remember running um, from the main street drag down to the soccer fields, um, or, or the parking lot near the soccer fields, and I remember doing kind of like a four stage beat down, and just I think the hardest part was the, the like the initial mile run to get there, and mm-hmm. uh, just being out of out of breath, and I'm like, oh my god, and I'm watching these guys, and they're doing these burpees, and they're doing these um, workouts i'm just trying to figure out like all right i don't know if this is really for me or not and boy that run was tough <laughs> and just thinking about the entire time we're doing kind of this like circuit workout like oh crap i gotta run back mm-hmm. um what was super encouraging is like on the run back i remember being like in the back like 10 15 percent and just having guys from the front circle back um to pick up the six 
um, meant just a ton of me. And it, it, it was just like this sense of like, I'm not alone in this battle. Um, this notion of, uh, uh, you know, these guys are kind of like sacrificing their workout for perhaps mine and this like selfless, like servitude. And, um, it just meant, meant the world to me. And from there, it was just gangbusters. I thought, you know, I, I think the best thing that one of the reasons I think we all stay is for the fellowship. I remember going to black sheep coffee, shout out to those guys, uh, that, that, uh, banana nut coffee is probably still the best coffee in that free Omaha. Um, but just sitting around the table and just chatting with the guys afterwards and, just getting to know them on a personal level um, was, was amazing. And it's, it's something I've never got from workouts, right? Like I, I was a college athlete. I played in high school. I played sports all my life. Um, but to add that element of like faith and fellowship to the workout was something unique and special and something I didn't know I was missing um, from 15 years since playing, you know, college sports. So uh, it meant a ton to me. And um, from there I was, I was hooked, right? It was like this thing I, I had to be part of and I wanted to contribute to at a really high level. And what about the name Escobar? Do you remember what, when you stepped in that circle, what did you say to, that got us to that name? So I got a warning. I got a warning the night before from the skids. And he's like, hey, you know, I told him I was a pharmacist, but they were hooked on the fact that my name was, last name is Shart. And so just know like what you say matters and that name's going to stick with you for a long time. And he's like, so do a better job telling a story than, than I did. He's like, maybe start with what we do for work. Uh, <laughs> So that's why I started. And I, I kind of had a feeling like, oh, man, you know, I'm in, I've been in pharmaceuticals most of my career. And, you know, the running joke at home is this idea of like, I'm a legal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. So I should have known better. It was coming. As soon as I opened my mouth, I said, yeah, you know, I've been in pharma my entire career. And it just started coming like all these drug lord names. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, so I picked up the name Escobar. And then I heard at one point there was a there's a Pablo that joined F3 Omaha years ago. And I think him and I had like maybe one shared beat down together. And like the, 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 the comment was like, Hey, you guys got to stand together. He'll be Pablo mm-hmm. and you'll be Escobar and it'll be the thing. And, uh, so it was kind of funny, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't have any concerns with the name. I think the name is kind of funny and it's kind of, I try to kind of live up to like this, this, uh, bravado that, uh, Escobar has like in the, in the, in the TV show and the movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a cool name, but yeah, it came from the function of me being in, in pharma and biotech my entire career. Escobar, you mentioned that, um, when you had this disease called FOMO, um, was it, was it, was that enough of a push for you to get up really early and go out in the morning and do hard things? Or was there, was there something else, uh, that you were, looking for that um that helped persuade you that uh you should give this a shot yeah i would say you know, so so the fomo definitely is a thing for me right it is absolutely a thing and it's like this overwhelming sense of like i want to be part of something right don't want to be left out and I've, I've had that my entire life right and it's it's this thing that i i try to you know th- there's some upsides and there's some downsides to it right um but at the time um Look, I, I think like most of us, I've paid, you know, countless, you know, thousands of dollars at like Lifetime Fitness or some of the local fitness stores. And, you know, you go through these waves where like you're committed, then you're not. And you find a, cu- a couple of cool guys you can run with and play ball with. And then, you know, they come and they go and, you know, hours just don't align with family and that falls off. Or, or you, And then, you know, you make all these investments at home, right? So I... You know, I've shared with guys, I, I'm, I'm sitting on probably ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 of workout equipment that sits in my garage. And, mm. um, and I just got to the point where I was like, I, I hated making that walk from my office at the end of the day to my garage to go work out by myself. And it was just a horrible, miserable feeling. And, uh, 
it just knew it wasn't something that I can consistently do. And so when I heard about what F3 offered, I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Um, and since then, uh, my workout equipment's collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm proud of this or, or what, um, but I haven't been in that garage to work out in probably two and a half years. Nice. And I'm not you looking back. Put it on uh, Facebook Marketplace, right? Get, nope. <laughs> get See, yourself that's the thing, though. I can't give it up because I'm like, oh, I mean, if I, if I catch an injury, maybe I need it at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got this like, thing that's sitting in the back of my head. Like, maybe I'm going to use it one day. Yeah. Hey, you, you mentioned college uh, sports. What, what uh, sports did you play in college? I, I didn't realize you, you played in college. Yeah. So, that, so my story is um, I went to high school, played, ran track and, and played football uh, at a pretty high level and uh, went to Miller South High School, um, had every ambition to continue that path in college. And so um, had a couple offers to do some NAI stuff, but I decided I wanted to play at a higher level. And so I walked on at UNO um, and played football there for two seasons. And um, I ended up washing out of the program. And so my personal story is um, I repeated a generational sin. I think Gator, you and I have talked about this over the table at dinner once. Um, that generational sin for me was um, I had a son out of wedlock at 20 years of age, and it changed my life um, fundamentally. Um, and to be quite honest, it probably saved my life. Um, there was a point that I was considering going into the military. So this is right after 9-11. Um, there was also a place you know, where I was trying to figure out like who I, and what I was and like, what, what I wanted to be. And so I was just kind of floating and going through the motions of life in college. Um, but then when my girlfriend at the time got pregnant and EA, who's an F3 member, um, came into my life, it fundamentally changed like who, like my purpose. And um, I dropped out of football. Uh, I went and got a full-time, I would say a partially full-time job working at UPS. I was doing the twilight and catching midnight shifts. And then I was mm. um, turning around the next morning, uh, going to school at UNO. And so my career at football, my career at UNO didn't last as long as I wish it had. Um, but to be quite honest, I have no regrets and, um, you know, that my, my, my son's a, a product and a benefactor of some of those life changes that happened at that time. Man, I, I love that. There's so much there. I guess my first question for you is, did, did you play with Nate Worth? So Nate, if I recall correctly, was a running back and I think he and I were a year apart. And so I think he was there my sophomore year, if I recall. Okay, we so Speed Bump and I are trying to eh him, so we need your help. I think uh, <laughs> so. That's, that's my first takeaway from your time at UNO. And then, man, I just um, first of all, thanks for sharing that story about EA. I mean, how how have things um, progressed? You know, I think of like the impact F three has on our our family, and I see EA coming out working out alongside with you. Like, what's that? What's that been like? Kind of just pulling him into the group yeah so for those that don't know so ea um is julian that's my my oldest of four boys um i pulled him into f3 um when he was about 16 years old and like like every 16 year old like he comes kicking and screaming a little bit um but what's interesting is he kind of found his rhythm and so um he's made the past two summers um like f3 is home uh, for those that that work out with me you'll probably see him at you know, 60 to 80% of the workouts that I go to. And for me, it's just a light touch of like, Hey, I'm going the next morning. Why don't you join me? You know, for me, it's kind of like a, a non-open-ended question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he actually rises to the occasion. Oftentimes he beats me up and, you know, he'll be in the car ready to rock before I even get there. Um, but I, I would say like, 
I've seen some changes in him that I'm, I'm super proud of. Like, so for example, you know, one of the challenges that we were running into as a freshman, like all freshmen right now, I think I heard a stat like 40 or 50% of all kids in high school are, are vaping um, in, in mm. some, you know, meaningful, terrible way or something like that. Like the, the number's astronomical. And, you know, uh, EA got caught up in that. And um, we had gone through the cycles of he'd quit and then we'd catch him, he'd quit and then we'd catch him. Um, and then F3 came into our lives and not that it was the thing that helped him quit, but actually gave him additional purpose and like substance on like why he should quit and being around guys that don't do these things that don't have these vices that are seeking to accelerate their body and that, that are thinking long-term about their health. And so I, um, he shared with me uh, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, dad, I haven't picked the dang stuff up in six or seven months and I'm happy. And he, uh, sent me a time he was at wrestling so he wrestles at Millard, uh, Millard South, and he sent me a, a photo of his one mile time. Um, he posted like a like a five forty two or something like that. Jeez. And so I was like, dude, like, and you know, this is the benefit of you not like you know putting these substances in your body and like really committing yourself to your craft as a human being as a as an athlete. And uh, my next request of him was like, hey, uh, I heard Farva took down the Mission Forge uh, fastest mile pace. So I need you to come and get that back from Mojo. <laughs> Heck yeah, take the crown back, baby. I I just talked to Farva the other day and um kind of FOMO, but also, you know, just Strava crowns, I think is is a motivator for him. Um yeah. no, I, I love that. I you know, I I think um from a fitness standpoint then, you know, just thinking through your your journey, I mean, wh- where do you feel like you're at today? Do you feel like you've hit some of those milestones? You're maintaining and accelerating. Um how do you feel about the your kind of fitness level? Yeah, it, it, it ebbs and flows, right? Like right now I'm probably heavier than I'd like to be. Um, however, I've been trying to find kind of like this mental balance with, you know, some of the dietary things I need to do, which my my mantra right now is like, I F3 so I can eat whatever I want. Well, you know, this is 40 and unfortunately I can't do that anymore. And so I'm learning that I need to make some adjustments to my my diet, but in terms of fitness, like I feel like I can hang with pretty much anybody and you know, what with what, what some of the things that I want to do. And so I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I'm trying to find a new appreciation for like self love and self care. Um, and I know I got some work to do. And I know that the great thing about F3 is no matter where you are on the spectrum of your fitness journey, like the program meets you where you're at. And so mm-hmm. um, I can get more or dial it back and still be part of this community and, you know, forever. Right. And, and so that's, I think that's one of the things that maybe we uh, underappreciate is the, the, is that notion of like, you know, I could show up once a week, once a month and still be part of the fabric of this community and, or I can dial it up and I'll find some turbos that are, you know, pre running and pre pre running before beat downs. Right. And yeah. so I, I know that I always have that in the backdrop and when I'm ready to go and accelerate, I can't. Heck yeah. You know, that was a really good sales pitch for, for F3 right there. <laughs> um, and, and it comes from a guy who, when you said uh, earlier that you, you EH thousand guys, I don't think you're joking, actually. I think it, I think it was somewhere <laughs> around a thousand. I remember when you first started and you were really accelerating and it was like every single time that I went to a beat down that you were at, there was a, uh, there were not just one FNG, but multiple FNGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about your, your sales pitch that you give to guys um, and, and what you found that works. Cause 
some people, uh, I'll speak for myself, uh, are not good at EHing um, and uh, have have a hard time closing the sale. So, so what are your what are your tips? What do you how do you how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I think there's well, I think there's certainly an element of persistence. Um, I think there's also like an opportunity for you to share your why. And I think like one of the call to actions for for all of us is to really think through like what is your purpose and what is your why in this program? Can you communicate that with can articulate that in a manner that effectively demonstrates a level of empathy, but also like a level of like your own personal journey. And I think a lot of men need to hear that, right? And I think that's kind of the, the journey that I've been through with F3 is like this new like era of vulnerability, like men vulnerability, like this thing that like we didn't grow up with from the you know previous generations or generations before that, right? And so I think being able to level on that kind of that plane is beneficial, um, being persistent, um, also kind of like, it's not necessarily the right guy, but there's also like a right time in a man's life that you can, you can really kind of really pull, 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 pull their ears back and, and get them out here. Um, and so that's, a, that's, uh, for me, that's kind of like the special sauce. And I think the last thing that's super important is, uh, the community kind of effect. And so, you know, if I got somebody on the hook, I reached out to three or four of the guys. I'm like, I got them. Like, let's all hit them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. pressure. Yeah. Yeah, so you do that. Um, the last thing that I, that I always think about, guys, and, and this is one of the things that's becoming kind of my new my new passion. I need to figure out what I want to do with it. It's this idea of like um, F three men retention, and so um, I think that that's an area that across the entire country, I think every F three community is is thinking about like how might they encourage guys to, to revisit F three and and to um, come back out, and so. Um, for me, that that's a kind of a different story, and I think the things that drive retention are things like development of a shield lock. It's um, making sure that at the workouts, uh, there's guys that are willing to be alphas, and there's guys that are willing to be bravo. Um, I, I'd heard this philosophy. I think it was in either one of Texas or Kansas. They have an alpha bravo group for every beatdown because um, there's guys at different levels. I remember we talked about that spectrum. Um, mm. So, so I don't know. That's that's something that's kind of been on my heart lately. It's like, how do we how do we pull guys back into the fold? I, I have a really good friend of mine I've known since I was probably twelve years old that came out the first year with me, and then he disappeared. And so, he's one guy that's been on my heart a lot. I, I see him on Facebook. I'm like, boy, I'd love to get you back out here to sell. We'll see what we can do. Hey, you know, tell us about that second F piece because I, I, you know, you came in, you knew skids. Um, I don't know if you knew anybody else when you showed up, but you you've certainly brought in a lot of guys that seemed like you maybe had a relationship with first or, you know, and then really created this momentum around uh, Millard Mojo. But t tell us about the second F sort of what's been your experience there. Um, for me, that's, that's what makes this group special. I think we can get the fitness place from a number of different channels, but what makes this special is that fellowship. It's, it's that idea that like, as men, we don't know how important that, that community of other men is. Um, and so for me, it's where I spend a, lot, a great deal of time um, and energy into it. I got a couple of groups that I consider kind of this like shield lock and then, you know, shield lock plus. And um, these guys, they motivate me every day to get up and uh, get going and to keep moving and to find new challenges and find new reasons to be excited about F3. And um, for, for me, like I'm trying to figure out like, all right, well, if my shield lock gives me that, like, how do I give that to others? And it, it's about like, to me, it's about intentional connections. And so some of the things I feel like I'm responsible for are, um, 
like getting these kind of lunch movement going out west like can we make sure that you guys you know that are out west that, that we have the ability to get together and have this fellowship because i think for me that's the glue right the fellowship the community that's that's what keeps guys going for the next decade um and you see that repeating itself you know every time i see guys like wait time and you see like the people that i would i think in my mind are you know the glue for him uh same with tater and uh gator i think about you and the guys that you've been hanging with like I know, I know that's like the part, main reason why we, we continue to show up. So for me, I think it's something that I, I just want to continue to invest in. And, and on that uh, note of, of investing time and energy, you know, into, uh, you know, some circles and things that didn't exist before F3 for you, you know, it's, you were a guy that really leaned in, you know, really quickly into F3. And I remember going on some pre-runs uh, with you early on talking about, you know, the concentrica and trying to find, you know, balance and, 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 and being the, the man that you want to be outside of the gloom, but also feeling, you know, drawn to, to F3 and to lean into every single event that there is. Can you talk a little bit about how you've worked to um, find a balance that works for you? Yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good question. And I'd love to say that I have figured out and unlocked the keys of the kingdom on this very important topic. But like every man has said, it's a journey. Um, and I think it starts a little bit of self-reflection and evaluation of where you are with your relationships and just be, just like understanding those things is, and being able to like speak those into existence are super important. Um, for me, the, it, it, it's interesting. My wife was not necessarily a big fan of F3. And the reason for that was we have four young, you know, boys that need attention. And so my wife found herself on the, um, unproportional lions and picking up a lot of like the work in the mornings to get the kids up and going. And, and then, and to be quite honest, that was probably unfair uh, for her. And so for me, I think I, I think I focused on like three things. The first is like, how might I ramp up my contributions at other times of the day? And, and, it, and I think as men, like we find ourselves like <clears throat> we'll, we'll increase our contributions, but we don't necessarily talk about it. Right. And so, like, for me, it was important for me to have this conversation with my wife so she could see and recognize the change in my intentions. Like, hey, honey, like, hey, I know I was gone this morning. Let me pick up the kids after school. Why don't you get home and, you know, kick your shoes off and grab a margarita, right? Something like that. And, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to talk about it so she could understand that I was, I was thinking through it and I was trying to be intentional around my, my changes and contributions. The second thing is, con- is communications. Um, and so, like, I found that even little things like, hey, babe, just finished my workout. Uh, the guys are going to get coffee like we normally do. I'd really love to go. Are you good with that? And like 99% of the time she'll say, yeah. You know, there's the one time she's like, hey, I'm running late. Can you come home and help? And so like that open communication of like, hey, I'm, I'm going to make some time for this. Or, hey, we're doing pizza at Oscar at lunchtime. Or, hey, I'm doing this Project Pink thing. It's going to take a crap ton of time. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. hang in there with me, right? Like, um, just having that conversation is super important. And then the last thing is, giving her a chance to be part of the community. And so, um, you know, I, I've done like second F, you know, shield lock kind of cookouts where the wife got to meet some of the F3 members or she would hear, um, I, I would invite F3 members over to talk about their story. Or I remember when um, we had Walker and we spent um, the better half of 10 weeks in the NICU. And my wife got to see the power of F3 community Guys, for like six weeks, I didn't make or pay for a single like meal uh, for dinner. Mm-hmm. Not one. It was um, my work community and F3 that came in and contributed to um, taking that weight off my family. Um, 
And so she got to see and experience that. So it's, for me, it's about communication, intentional contribution. And then the last is just inviting them to be part of this experience in some way or another. Mm. I love that, man. And, uh, you know, I think you're right. It's it's a journey for all of us. It's almost like the, you know, if, if we're the archer aiming at our, our concentrica, you know, different times you have more arrows and, and then you maybe are moving closer and further away from the target. And, and then, it, you know, I, I've noticed like as, as I've focused on my M, then she's maybe okay if, you know, like once, once I've established, you know, the, those rhythms in, in my marriage and in my family, then I get more, I don't know if it's grace or just more understanding in, in the times I'm trying to aim at other other places. But I love what you said about getting them involved in the community. You know, I think that's some of the initial uh, sort of pushback from my end was like, who are these guys? Like, who are these people? Like, you know, and I have a sketchy past. So she was like, are you really working out in the morning? You know, like, is that really what you're doing? But, um, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, because you've, you've led a lot of these second F events. Um, and so just kind of curious, like from a, from a leadership perspective, I mean, I know it takes a lot of energy and coordination and, but any sort of insight there, like, um, how do you think we're doing engaging the packs and some of those things, or, or maybe is there a space where you need help or guys to step up and, and participate more? Yeah. So like, um, so my leadership style, like the, what I've been trying to cultivate is this idea of around like like an affiliative activator, like somebody that can take concepts, ideas, and and make them a reality, um, and help like inspire others to make them reality. And then the other piece is like, I'm I'm a really big fan of togetherness, right? So um, I, I'm I'm the household that you know when when I'm allowed, right? I don't always get this opportunity. Like I love to host the family barbecues, the Thanksgivings, and the Christmas, right? Like that's my that's my passion, like let me cook for you and, and, and feed you and let's break bread and have conversations and spend some time around the table. Like that's, that's kind of been my, um, my MO for my entire life. And it's a product of being the oldest of eight kids. Um, and seeing that for my mother and my father and like, that was a really important like piece of like how, how they wanted us to be a family. And so for, for me, I, I found that here at, uh, you know, in F3 and I've been trying to instill that into a certain degree. And so, um, I'm a big proponent of it. Um, in terms of like help needed, I, I don't know, like, so, so the, you know, the, the first thing is like being humble enough as a, as a man to when, when a guy's in F3 say they, like, Hey, I want to help. I think we got to recognize they really want to help and they will help. And so mm -hmm. it's been interesting. Like I, I remember even just <clears throat> recently for project pink, I was um, commiserating with somebody about like, all right, I need to figure out how to get food for everybody. And traditionally we've done pizza and, uh, it's been a really good thing, but it's a lift and I got to call and organize and all that stuff. And, um, I had a PAX member, Mayo, who overheard me. He's like, Hey, I got it. You don't worry about it. I got, I'm going to throw $500 at pizza. I will take care of it. I'll pick it up on my way back from work from clinic and I'll bring it straight to, uh, project pink for the guys. And, and so I think the first piece is like, just recognize when guys want to help, let them help. Um, mm. and that's actually part of the leadership journey, right? Is, is like, how might we help others aspire and step into their leadership? And, um, so, so I think that's key, but I, th I think like for me, um, you know, one thing that, 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 that we can do better is, um, 
there's 2,000 of us or 2,300 of us, wherever's on the roster right now. And so I think, the, like, how might we empower each other just to, like, hey, you know, this week you lead, you know, next week you lead the, the second half. And so just kind of getting guys activated and engaged is something that we could probably uh, continue to aspire to do. But outside of that, I feel like it's going pretty well. I mean, there's some really neat stuff that we're doing across Omaha that's that has a lasting long-term impact across our community. I mean, this thing's going to be around long past our our existence in this world and so i'm really excited about the foundation that's been laid and some of the things that we continue to do heck yeah man and and i just want to affirm i mean i think you i'm i'm seeing you do you know so you're you're the second f queue for southwest um, soon to be southwest sector of its own i think that's an upcoming conversation uh but I think um, I've noticed you've done a really great job of of like pulling in other guys to lead, right? Like, hey, Long Neck, do you want to host this happy hour? And and really trying to engage some other guys so that it's not just you trying to do it all. So, I, you know, I, I see that. I think that's really cool because, like you said, other guys are out there like wanting to help with things. Yeah. And so why not let them help? I love that kind of the simplicity of like if somebody wants to help, let them help. You know, there's no, no reason we can't pull more guys into the leadership roles that we have so yeah what, it's, um oh go ahead no i was gonna say it's funny that you mentioned like long neck and others i think that's one of the really unique things about this community is that passing of this the torch and activating people to be leaders is something that's incredibly special like that is man that is that is something that i hope all the guys here recognize and see um you don't see that at work right you, you uh you don't see that you know in churches you don't see that um, you don't even see that at home, perhaps. Uh, but this is a place where you see guys that step aside and they pass the mantle to another man, and then you let them lead. And it's man, that's something that's really special. That that uh, when you think about how might we develop leaders across Omaha, that's it, man. You know, there's two thousand better men, better leaders out there that didn't probably exist or in that that level or that capacity for a long time. It's it's, uh, it's incredible, guys. Yeah, you know, on that note, just thinking of the shovel pass this morning, right, from from Yodel to Tea Party, and Yodel made a comment, you know, I know you're going to do a great job, and you're going to add your own flavor. And, like, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, like, how, how you know, out of the ordinary it would be at work, right, if somebody said, this person's going to take over my role, and they're going to do it their own way, and that's okay, right? Like, a lot of times we expect this really, you know, uniform approach to leadership in the corporate world. Exactly right. We just don't have it at three. Like that's not a, th that's not a thing. Like we're totally expecting tea party to do whatever he's going to do leading the armory, you know? So that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to skip over this piece of the second F, I guess um, you mentioned, you know, just having male friends, but how, how do you feel like your sort of relationships with other men are today? Um, it, it's, 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 it's growing. I, so, I, you know, it's interesting. Like I've always had a kind of a cluster of men that I've been, you know, friends with, but not necessarily vulnerable with. And it, I would say it's, it's, it's changed and evolved my relationships with a lot of different men. It's also changed and evolved, like how I show up. Um, it's even changed, like how I show up as a father. And so, um, you know, so, so I grew up in an era where I never heard my parents say, I love you they didn't display affection towards each other or towards like any meaningful way towards the kids, especially as they got older. Um, but it's been weird. Like I'll, 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 I'll be walking around, uh, you know, uh, post a name Rama and post prayer and, 
you'll be giving hugs and you'll hear Grizz say, I love you. And, you know, and without a second thought, yeah, I love you, bro, man. Like, like those are things that, you know, I've never seen. And so trying to take that and emulate that with my kids has been, um, it's been an interesting journey for me as a, as a human being is like, and as a parent, as a father, it's like, how, how do I break again? I talked about general generational sins that, um, that I've gone through, but that's, that's another one that I'm trying to break. And so, um, yeah, the second F piece has really evolved me. I think as just as a man and, um, it's something I don't want to lose. And it's another reason why I keep coming. Do you find that, that, that vulnerability and as you lean in more to it and, and others sort of respond in kind, do you feel like that has affected where you go in your COTs and what you're willing to share in a more than just a one-on-one setting? It, it, com- it, it, it has. Um, so it's, it's interesting, right? So like I've, um, my, my COTs are either uh, some form of advice keep giving that I want to instill in others because it's an area of reflection for me. And so one of the things I shared on Monday, I led a queue at Mission Forge on Monday. And I, I shared with folks like, hey, I, I'm a big fan of quotes. And so anytime I hear a quote that hits me the right way, like I will jump on my iPhone and I'll write that down. I got a, uh, a note that that's all the quotes I've heard over the past probably six years that just, just resonate with me that, that for whatever reason in my moment, in that moment in my life, like I wanted to take that and to understand it and to integrate it into my fabric and to be able to re- revisit that in the future. And so, so part of my COTs is that, um, and it's less about me like leading people. And it's more about like, Hey, this hit me. I want to share this with you because I think it was important for me and maybe it might hit you in the right moment. And then there's sometimes COTs where I've shared some experiences like, I remember sharing a COT maybe two or three months ago about my divorce. Um, so I, I'm no longer with EA's mother. We got a divorce back in 2012, got remarried in 2013. And, and that was a journey uh, for me mm-hmm. as a man. And so, you know, I've shared those experiences and, and the wounds of, of divorce and the fact that I carry those, those wounds even to today. Um, and they manifest themselves in real visceral ways and things that I have to be mi- mindful and cognizant of. So um, for me, that's how I push my COTs is, uh, from a space of vulnerability and leadership, and then from a space of things that have hit me that it maybe might inspire somebody else. Man, I, I love that. And, you know, I just appreciate just in this conversation, right, these elements were, you know, glimpses we're getting into you being vulnerable, right? Things from your upbringing, things from your COTs, you know, I yeah. think you're really, I see you being vulnerable just here, right? And when I interact with you out in the gloom, and so I think it's just, the impact, just those little things, right? You may not even recognize them, but I think yeah. like a, a new guy coming into F3, hears somebody say that and they're like, wait a minute, that guy, that's something important, you know, that he just shared with me, you know, and, and then they recognize this group is different. These guys are, are different. Yeah, well, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm curious, you know, when you think about, because um, a lot of these second F things have a little bit of a third F tie-in, right? When you think about sort of community support or maybe even the faith, piece and so just would love to hear kind of what's been your your faith journey and then curious how you connect the dots there between second and third out yeah oh man so this is this is like i think there's a glue on that episode like like around faith right and around third out that i'd love to maybe revisit because for me it's been um it's, it's been a challenge so I grew up in a, uh, a denomination of church called Kojic, which is a, a Pentecostal coach in the black community. It's like the second or first or second largest um, black church in the, in the country. Um, what it basically means is very conservative, um, very orthodox. And so like the type of place where 
you know, we had mothers and missionaries and bishops, right? And um, women weren't aware, allowed to wear pants, right? Men had to wear suits, right? Like that type of church. Um, my mother was a missionary. Um, my dad was highly involved in the church as a deacon and, and whatnot. And so, like, I remember spending Wednesdays at, you know, choir rehearsal with my mother, Friday for choir rehearsal for youth. Saturday mornings, we'd be at the church cleaning up. And Sunday, mor- mon- and Sunday mornings, we'd be there from you know, nine to three o'clock, we go have dinner and then come back for evening service. Um, as a kid, I became resentful of, of church. And I saw some indiscretions of people I considered leaders in the church that as I got older, that um, gave me a level of like disconnect with church and with faith and with God. And um, I found myself on this just uh, like struggling with like what faith is and what it meant to me and what church is. And I carried that with me for, for a long, long time. And even to this day, I think it's, it's uh, corrupted the way that uh, I view religion or I, I view church. Um, despite that, my wife is incredibly uh, spiritual woman. She's an incredible um, uh, gift and, uh, you know, and believer and super involved in church. And so I've been kind of trying to find my way back to uh, back to church. And so for me, um, spiritual, um, I believe in God. I, I believe in a higher power. Um, I, I believe in a lot of things, and I, I'm, I'm working through uh, the organize, organized religion piece of it uh, as a human being and, and getting there. But what's been interesting about F3 is I found church somewhere else in, in a different way. I don't even know if I call it church, but I, I, I found faith differently here, um, and probably maybe more that jives with me than sitting in service on Sundays. Um, and, and that's something that, that I've been trying to really try to figure out how, like how to quantify and how to really build a, an understanding around. It's like, what is this, what is this journey I'm on right now? Cause it's, it is faith mm. and it, it is, it is about something that's bigger than myself and about the community and about faith and about God and about, you know, taking all cover, no matter what they believe in, just believing in something bigger than themselves. And that's something that's special. Right. And so, um, I think F3 has provided a, a level of um, religion that perhaps I didn't know I needed that I'm, I'm getting and that is serving me well. Um, but here's one thing that's interesting. So, uh, yes, there is a faith, true, absolute, and the true definition of the word faith component to third F. But the one thing that resonates most to me about F3 is this idea of that F3 is also about believing in something that's bigger than yourself. And, and what that means to me is like, how do I take myself out from the center of this picture? The spotlight's no longer on me. The spotlight's on this, this community. And what can we do about it? And, and that to me is what, that to me is like the biggest thing about the third F. Yes, you have the religion, you have the prayer, and you have all that stuff. Great. But it's also this idea of like selflessness and servitude and this obligation that we have to make an impact in this community. And that's what resonates the, the most with me. Um, and so what I've done with that is I'm trying to find ways that we could give back, right? Um, I look across, across the rooms, and first off, every man that's born in America hit the lottery of life. Like, mm-hmm. uh, look, look at what's happening across the universe, across the world. Just being an American, you hit the lottery of life. Like, say, say no more, right? Yeah. Um, but despite that, uh, we, have, we, we have a lot of privileges uh, that, that we are, have an obligation to. And so for me trying to figure out ways that we can do better for our community is something that I'm super passionate about. And so for me, um, I, F3 allowed me to rekindle a friendship and a bond and a brotherhood with Pitstop. And through his journey, uh, I picked up with Skids uh, just an idea and an opportunity and how might we engage um, 
women and their family uh, here in Omaha through Project Pink. And so um, I felt compelled and moved to uh, be a shepherd of the relationship F3 Omaha has with Project Pink, with Pit Stop and Skids. And it's been an unbelievable experience for me on, from a, like, how might we give financially? How might we give, how, how might we give time? We've delivered, you know, kits to women across all across the state. I mean, as far as Kearney, um, we've, we've delivered breast cancer kits on behalf of F3 Omaha. Um, we've helped build uh, w- women, you know, kits in terms of like uh, blankets and things like that. We've given count, I think somewhere around like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars now uh, to, to Project wow. Inc. Uh, on behalf of this group. So and then I'm excited here in a few weeks, we'll we'll have our poker tournament where we'll hopefully raise another two, three, four thousand dollars for Project Inc. So um, to me, this is very much part of the fabrics. Another thing that makes us I mean, I, whether it's first F, second F or third F, there's so many domains in this 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 group that makes mm-hmm. us really a special group. But man, that third F, that third F, like selflessness, like, man, there's something that's a powerful, powerful element to this program. I got to I got to ask you, uh, as we have been been checking off the very long list of your contributions to F3 <laughs> and the impact that you've made, I got to ask you about between two coupons um, <laughs> and, and, and how that came about and, and uh, what the story is there. You know, I don't even remember that. That'll be a really interesting conversation for Skids when you when you guys uh, when he hangs it up uh, at the farm as a, the psyche there. But to me, it was like a joke, right? It was like we were joking about like, oh man, there's some really funny things happening. We should go interview some guys and put them on camera and like have some fun with it. And so, I think the way it started is he and I were going to do a queue, I think a danger zone, and we're like, oh, instead of doing a pre-blast let's do like a between the ferns kind of you know zach gilfanakis kind of like play with you know between two coupons and so that was our pre-blast and then uh we had a bunch of guys were like oh this is a great medium i remember mufasa and um gobbler hitting up skids and i like hey we had this really screwed up thing at the two club conundrum we need to go on air and share our grievances and so it was like this like forum for like silliness and just to have fun and um, so we created this kind of like video platform where we could, you know, do like, uh, you know, the, the between two coupons concept with, with folks to have fun. And then what was interesting is we then started got some weird traction around like, Hey guys, can you do something around winter? Winter's coming. Maybe you can provide some advice. And so we pulled a bunch of guys like Othello and Roadhouse and, uh, uh who else was there? I gosh, uh, uh, Gosh, well, I was trying to John Claude on there. John Claude was on John there, Claude. right? And so we did that episode. We got a ton of views. The guys like, oh my god, that that uh, that episode completely fundamentally changed how I approach winter. And I'm like, okay, so this is more than silly. Like we can actually bring some like human value here. Um, yeah. And then over the last uh, year, we we spent the entire year doing recordings on uh, men's health, and so uh, that's been a fun kind of experience for us. And it's like, hey, let's just pick up the let's pick up the mic and, you know, on our own time, you know, nothing that's in massive lift and let's grab, you know, some people that have some concept that we want to talk about. We want to share some advice on and let's get it going. Um, and what's been interesting about between two coupons is my mantra has been, and I think skids and I share the same idea. Like, you, you know, is it going to reach a thousand people? Never, ever, ever. It was never intended to. Um, our hope is that if we can make one man laugh, make one man maybe make a better life decision uh get one man to maybe get screened for prostate cancer that hadn't considered it then then it was worth uh, the time and investment so 
Um, that's been our, our uh, kind of our philosophy. And at some point in time, we'd like to like flag past that thing. I'd love to see between two coupons, like led by like Roadhouse and like uh, maybe like a Roadhouse and a fine print. Could you imagine? That'd be just absolute madness. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be awesome. Well, and you even did, because I, I remember when I, one of the first times I posted with Taxman, yeah. um, I had listened, I had seen, you know, watched his episode because you did an episode about the military yeah. and so had some guys share their experience there. And then, and, and, but I hadn't worked out with him. So then my first time working out with him, I was able to instantly connect. Right. I was like, Hey, I'm, I feel like I know you, you know, some of the stuff you talked about. And, and so that was really cool. Like, I do think you've, it's added a ton of value and it's just a different, just a different element. It, it would be interesting to see. I know Roadhouse um, wants to do a newsletter. Maybe they do like a, a video newsletter with him in fine print. That I'm telling you, they could, Hey, listen, we just need to flag past that bad boy and we could go. Um, what was, what was unique about our first year between two coupons, it was actually the intention was to provide a forum for VQs to talk about themselves and their journey before Qs. And then somewhere yeah. along the lines, like, we went from VQing like one guy every week to like VQing like seven, you know, where, you know, we'd have like 10 or nine guys in a, in a week. And it's like, oh my God, this is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I love the idea of like, oh, maybe this is a newsletter. So I think there's some, I think that's definitely a forum that deserves maybe an evolution and, and to pass the guard. And so at some point in time, I need to talk to skids and get that going. But that's been a really fun uh, experience for us. Yeah. Hey, I want to go back to something that you said on the, on the faith piece, because I, I think you're spot on. And we've had, I've had so many guys say the same thing you said, right? It's just, they're on this spiritual journey. Um, and F3 has kind of become like where they're experiencing their higher power. And I, I just, I think that's so cool. And I think that um, to me, like the just sort of sky cube working through relationships and, you know, clearly like I can hear through your story, there's been a lot of spiritual growth right Be being vulnerable getting comfortable with who you are telling your story um, so it's just cool to hear that that you're you know you feel like you're making progress uh, in that yeah. area and that it's through the group and but i i would just say um, i think we're all in this space of like searching and kind of trying to f figure that out so you know i i don't think you're alone in the yeah. journey so just appreciate you sharing that and being being vulnerable i from what you were sharing um where was that? Where was your church at, or what? What denomination? Because it sounded almost like a Catholic church to, to me. Yeah, so, described it, but yeah, Church of God in Christ. So it's um the church that I belong to is in like North and South Omaha. There, you know, that that's probably where most like it's, it's predominantly in black communities and whatnot. Like ninety eight percent black, um, you know, faith group. So you know, and I okay. and I think what I've kind of learned is like my issues with faith are human and they're normal. But my issue wasn't necessarily faith. It was more so church or yeah. just that organized, you know, piece of it. And so um, when I when I put that aside and realized that um, for me as a Christian, that's what I believe in, my um, spiritual journey is between God and I and, and my relationship with Christ. And that's between us. And I'll make amends, you know, when I, when I foresee my final chapter. But um, that's the way I've kind of compartmentalized it and understand it for myself. and. We'll try to grow from there. Love it. Well, speaking of, of growing, uh, you were uh, a part of growing F3 uh, with, uh, with the start of, of Mission Forge. Um, and so uh, tell us about, about how that came about and the unique uh, concept of having, you know, the, the Forge of the Beatdown and the, and the, and the Murph um, and, uh, and what, that, what that journey was like for you being a psychic. 
Yeah, you know, I, I had a little bit of um, again FOMO, and 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 I'm I'm a little bit of a turbo, right? And so uh, there's kind of like this joke between Skids and I, like who the turbos are at at F3, and early on in our career, we, we in our journey of F3, we totally believe that they're we're absolutely super like on on like 150 mile an hour kind of speed but um we're always trying to think like myself and a couple others were always thinking about ways that we can contribute and i know for me like i could never at the time i could never been a site queue by myself just because of my travel schedule i you know i travel across the nation um i'm usually on the road two to three days a week and so for me i I wanted to step into a leadership role but i knew i couldn't do it by myself and i couldn't think of a better man to do that with than, than yogi and um, I've known that guy since I was 13 years old. And when I came to him to join F3, he was another guy that was like, yep, sign me up. I'll be there. And so he's been very much part of my F3 experience. And um, e- even now, I, he only comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays because he makes space for his M. But um, even when I see him at a site, I wasn't expecting him. I'm like, oh, my God, Yogi, like, good to see you, brother. Mm-hmm. Give me a hug, you know, that kind of thing. And but anyways, long story short, we um, we had this both had this passion that we wanted to lead something. We just didn't know what it was, and um, we were getting so much traction with Southwest guys, um, specifically Millard guys, that we're like, we need to put some more out here. Like we just had Maze, we had Main Stage had gone up, and so like we want to continue like that growth in Southwest, and so we decided that we wanted to plant a flag somewhere between Black Rock Elementary, which is like a hundred and I don't know, call it like fifty six, and Harrison and one hundred sixty eight. And so we we went and we prospected a number of sites and then we're kind of like getting like this groundswell, like, I don't know the protocol for this thing, but, you know, free to lead, I guess. You know, so we started like, all right, let's poke the bear and see if we can get a couple of guys to like vouch for us, like we can do this. Um, and so our initial pitch was like, hey, we want to do a double Merv. Because um, at the time, we there's nothing between Titan Alley and Red Wing. And so we really want to do a Merv. And then like in all things, you hear like, and being part of leadership, I now understand like there's a lot of things in motion, a lot of people that want to lead. And so we had learned that there was like, plans for a double Murph and Gretna and that they they totally want to make sure that, that that could come to fruition. But we could also there was also space to plant something in Southwest. And so uh, the idea was like, hey, what about just doing a beat down? I was like, OK, I see your beat down. I'm going to raise you with a pre-Murph. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and so what's funny is we had kind of like looked across the market and you had like titan alley and stormbreaker which was kind of like uh gave you a little bit of a taste of the option but there wasn't like a pure like you know smurf down you know format and so yogi and i decided that that we would go with that format where we would smurf uh 445 and that we'd do a b-town and that allowed guys like myself that were really kind of more progressed in my f3 journey the ability to step into a murf and really get that you know really good workout but then guys that just weren't quite Murph ready that live somewhere between Titan Alley and um, and Red Wing, an opportunity to do a beatdown. And it's been really amazing to see like that growth on Monday. Like a lot of guys still need that beatdown opportunity. And it's just nice to be able to offer that in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a yeah, great journey. I mean, it, it's been cool to watch. And I think um... – the site has has gotten great traction and i think it you know to me like it, it the location is is prime too i mean i think you know once once we started seeing once mission forge launched then i, I think it just you kind of see the growth continue to just yeah. progress outward from there and now we've got you know 64 beatdowns a week i mean it, you know so i think that site really had took some momentum especially from guys in that area you know i think 
that was was really a special time because it was like whoa we've got all these guys uh that are right in this area and you know so I, and, and you know what's interesting is like we don't always know that unless somebody's bringing that idea forward you know so i appreciate you just having the taking the initiative to identify and and doing the doing the research right it's sort of like i don't even what parks are there and what you know and if you live in that area it's, it's super helpful but curious you're just like you know your time as a site queue and leading all these different events like any advice for guys that maybe are are wanting to lead or that have an idea they want to sort of implement or like what, what sort of advice would you give guys to, to get something going yeah that's a good question uh, listen i'm i'm a big pro proponent like in church, at home, and at work, there isn't this like freedom to just run with an idea, to absolutely lean into it, get a handful of guys who are interested in it, and just go. And this is a place where you can authentically test your leadership style and tap into your passion zone and, and to maybe step outside your comfort zone with little risk. And, um, so, so my advice to guys is like, look, if there's something you're interested, like even just vaguely interested in it, run with it. This is a great place for trial and error. This is a great, like the whole point of this thing is to, you know, is to continue to grow leaders across our community. And so I can't think of a better, more safe place for people to step into the leadership and to kind of learn a little bit about themselves and about their community and about others. Um, so, so my advice to folks is when we say free to lead, we mean it, just go. My only word of caution is, hey, socialize the idea, because there might be somebody that either wants to be part of that experience. Um, and we want to make sure that we're making space for others that are doing great things as well. And so, like, I'll give you an example. Really being passionate about Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, because it hits home for me. But um, I know there's a number of other topics and um, priority areas across the F3 Omaha community that are important. So, like, making sure that we're making space for others to live their passions is important. And, and, and all that requires is us just picking up the phone or posting something on Slack and Twitter saying, Hey, I'm thinking about this, you know, any words of advice. Um, but beyond that, my advice is just, man, if you got to, if something's like tickling you in the back of your head and you just want to rock with it, like just go, um, and lean into it with everything you got. And, um, but then take a moment afterwards to step back and reflect on how amazing that was. Um, and this is just a, again, this is just a great place for you to, to, to be a leader and to learn leadership techniques and different, different ways of approaching things. I love it, man. I think, you know, I guess, um, as I see your, your leadership journey too, I mean, I think you've, you've led across all, all three F's, right. And, and really in your home life and in the F3 community. And I'm, I'm sure even at work, even though, you know, we don't all have visibility to that, but curious, you know, as you're, as you're reflecting on that, um, I mean, what do you, what do you think has been the sort of the catalyst uh, to to your freedom in the leadership space what what has empowered you the most to lead um look i honestly i think it's it's it, it's all a function of like that network of guys that i know that will support me like i i, I just know mm -hmm. i got some guys that no matter what's going to happen is going to ride with me and so um i think that shield lock element is super part like important like part of this process right like whether they're formed intentionally or organically or accidentally, like just having that network of guys really gives you the freedom uh, to, to take things and run with it. So I don't know if there's anything special. It's just been a function of just being lucky enough to be surround myself with guys. That I know they'll support me. Um, my good decisions and my bad decisions. <laughs> I always know they yeah. got my back. I love it. Well, hey, just, you know, kind of, kind of wrapping up here. We, we like to get your kind of where you're at today. You know, where do you need, 
support? Where do you need prayers? Uh, if we see you out there, what sort of encouragement uh, do you need? Anything in that space for you today? Well, as I sit here, uh, 15 pounds heavier than I was at my F3 peak, I'm trying to uh, get myself back into a, a healthier version of me uh, on the diet front. So just using prayers. And if you see me on the pre-run, like, or you, know, you see me waffling from the pre-run, just grab me. I'm usually down for a pre-run like 99% of the time, but I will talk myself out of it pretty quickly if I can. Um, so if you see me out there, make sure I'm going to get my ass off, off, off and going. And, um, but outside that, man, I'm, I'm super blessed. And, um, with, with that level of blessing, like I, I think I have an obligation to give back. And so that's where I'm spending a lot of my time right now is what can I do to, to support and elevate others. So that's my journey right now. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, I, you know, um, I don't probably tell you enough, but thank you, you know, for just all of your, your leadership, you've definitely had an impact on, on me as a man. And just, um, it's fun to watch, you know, like I, I, I know for a fact when Escobar gets an idea, we're going to see something great, uh, come out of it. So, um, yeah, I just appreciate you, man. I think it's been really cool to just hear your story today and, um, you know, definitely a lot of great insight for guys. And I think it's just, just cool. You know, exactly what we're hoping is that you would come on and be vulnerable and share your story. And hopefully as guys are listening, they're just um, realizing that a lot of what you mentioned is, is available for them too, right. Within the group. So just really appreciate your, your example. It was really good, really good talking to you, Escobar. Uh, you make an impact everywhere you go, including when you're stuck in the, uh, in the Dallas airport with another PAX member and his entire family uh, and you hang out with them all day. So thanks for that. And thanks for today. You bet. All right, boys. Appreciate you. Thanks for all the work. Yeah. Let's do, do a little name rama here. Uh, Brandon Flaherty, 37, the plague, the plague, ah! Mike Duffy, 41 Gator, Gator chop. D hum 39. Escobar. Escobar. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for your time. Take care.